Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. There was a prolonged pause after I started recording because I couldn't remember the first two words I said. <laughs> I wanted to say, hello, everyone. That's and I knew that it. wasn't it. That's and wrong. I was like, what do I say? And the answer is, hello, Internet. How are you? I am well. Oh, good. I have smelly hands. That's how I am. That's true. I sprayed some vitamins, some plant vitamins on my plants. I put my hand, the first time I sprayed, put my hand behind the leaves so it wouldn't spray all over everything else. Sprayed it. I was like, oh, this smells bad. And I've washed my hands three times since then. Question. Yeah. Did it say to spray on the leaves? Yeah. It did. Okay. I guess I always associate all nutrients coming from soil. This is for leaf health, which is what I wanted. Okay. It's not just about a healthy plant. It's about leaf health. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would assume one was indicative of the other. Maybe the plants need more from the roots. Do you know what happens leaves. when you assume? No. No, neither do I. No, I, listen, I'm a sucker for a gimmick. And when things like, this is good for your plants, I'm like, okay, I'll All try right. anything. I love my plants. Hey. I don't know a lot about plants. You know what else I don't know a lot about? Baseball. Baseball. There's a lot of things I know you don't know about. If I didn't know where you were going, that could have been really bad. If I was like, uh, math, right? I mean, enough about math to get by. But you... That, but. Okay, that doesn't sound like you know a lot about math, though, does it? I know more about math than I do about baseball. There's no way that's true. It is. It sadly is. I guess that is true. No, I'm glad you... Actually, I can, can I just say, in retrospect, I'm glad you know more about math than baseball. <laughs> I can count the the amount of baseball games I have watched, even on television, on the one hand. But you understand the concepts, right? They hit the ball, they run around the bases. Now you, the team switch every time. That's what I know. I when I, we lived in LA, I was part of a softball team. You can watch those. One softball is a different game. Barely. And, and two, I barely watched. Okay, so you barely watched a barely different <laughs> game. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, this is our final episode of the final week of Black History Month. But you know what? Just because February is over doesn't mean that you should stop learning about black icons that you've Absolutely never true. heard of. True. Um, so, you know, keep black history alive all year long in your heart. Because black history is everyone's history. Indeed. So, what, who, where, when, why are we learning about? Well, so, um, this idea actually came from a recent Google doodle. A Google doodle? Mm-hmm. A doodle? Tony Stone is probably the best athlete you've never heard of. Um, I will say, I've never heard of a lot of athletes. Say again. <laughs> okay. But you haven't heard of a lot of probably mediocre athletes as well. Yes, just by law of large numbers. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. But she's probably the best one you've never heard of. So Tony Stone. Uh, she was the first of three women to play professional baseball full-time for the Indianapolis Clowns. Okay. In what was previously... The all-male Negro Leagues. Okay. Right off the bat. And that's what they were called. Can I say, it's just a balance here. Tony Stone, incredibly cool name. Mm. Sounds Mm. straight out of, like, comic book characters. Tony Stone, great name. Indianapolis Clowns, on the other hand, not intimidating in the right way, I would say. Well, so Indianapolis Clowns are to baseball as the Harlem Globetrotters are to basketball. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Very similar. There's a lot of like flashy stuff and tricks and very much like an exhibition of skill more than it is. Indeed, indeed. 
Um, over the course of her career, uh, she would be the first woman to play as a regular on an American big league professional baseball team. She would play for the San Francisco Sea Lions, the New Orleans Creoles, the Indianapolis Crowns, and the Kansas City Monarchs. Kansas City Monarchs is my favorite there. Uh, Tony Stone was born on July 17, 1921, uh, and originally named Marcina Lyle Stone. She was born in West Virginia. <gasps> what? Get out. Yeah. It's not cool. I said get out. No, I won't. Okay. So uh, she had two sisters and a brother, and her father was a barber and a graduate of Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. Also a World War I veteran. Okay. Uh, her mother, Willa, was a hairdresser. Oh, a hairdresser and a barber. I know, okay, right? a good balance. Good okay, balance. I see. That That's a real family talent right there. What do you think they talked about? Probably lots of stuff. I don't want to boil it down. I don't want to be reductive and say they only talked about hair. Uh, when her family was two years old. But wouldn't old, it be weird if they were like, we don't talk about hair We don't home. talk about hair at hair, home. Business. Hair talk is for the office. <laughs> when we are at home, we don't talk about hair or Bruno. Sorry, when... Uh, Good, good on you. Thanks. Uh, when Tony was 10 years old, they moved to uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, mm. um, where her parents opened a joint hairdressing business. There you go. Right? Called uh, Boykin's Barber and Beauty Shop. Boykin was her father's name. Oh, okay. Um, and St. Paul was really where Tony, I mean, she was 10 at this point, played baseball constantly. She played so much with the neighborhood boys that they uh, called her tomboy. Mm. Not Original. Not original, no. Not, but still, a nickname nonetheless. Um, her mother was not not really into it. Uh, wanted her to, you know, tried to steer her towards more, quote, elegant sure, pastimes. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, even bought her figure skates as a gift. Okay. Um, Stone, an amazing athlete, took those skates and uh, performed wonderfully at a city figure skating competition. Then went right back to baseball. Yeah, I like that idea. I'm like, okay, yep, let me just knock this one out, and then I'll get back to the thing I like. Is yep. that good? Yep. Yeah, did great. Okay, great. Okay, then. Back to baseball now, Mom. Um, I mean, so obviously it was clear that Tony was a gifted athlete, right? Yeah, sounds like. She did well at swimming, track, basketball, football, baseball, figure fill, skating. Yeah, fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. She could do it. I have never been one of those people. I can absolutely oh, I am. not I, every pick up a sport. sport. Oh, that's me. Sport, musical <laughs> instrument, uh, programming, b- big heavy weights. I can pick it all up. <laughs> no. No, this is the problem with me is like I mechanically understand. Yeah. How every sport works, right? Like I could say like, oh, well, in some ways now also strategy from just figure. But when someone's like, now you do it. I'm like, oh, oh, no. oh here's where the no. problem comes. That implies that my brain has any control over my limbs. I do feel like Griffin, though, is kind of like the musical instrument side of it. I thought you were going to say the sports side of it. I was like, oh, <laughs> no, honey, no, no, no. you no, couldn't no. be more wrong. No, the musical instrument side. I, I feel like he can pretty much pick up anything and play it. This is true. Yeah. I mean, with Pratt, it's not a magical ability. He <laughs> learns to do it. He has the focus to learn how to do it that I don't. You can't just hand him an instrument and he'll go, lululululu. No, if he did that, I'd be terrified. <laughs> what did you do, Griffin? Who'd you sell your soul to? Um, she even tried out softball because her mother encouraged her mm-hmm. to do softball, seeing as how that was a, quote, lady sport at the time. Mm. Right. But she always went back to baseball. 
Um, she was clearly someone who marched to the beat of her own drummer. Uh, she wore pants at school instead of skirts. Scandalous! Uh, I know, at the time, right? Yeah. Um, she loved to read. She was an avid library patron, but did not like going to school at all. Uh, she didn't think that it reflected her own reality, so she... That's probably not the word she used when she was like 12, though, right? Probably wasn't like, mother... I would like to not go to school anymore because I don't believe it reflects my own reality. I think if our child said that to us, I'd be like, oh, my. <laughs> I'm convinced. I'm you hear convinced. what she said? She said it doesn't reflect her reality. Why are we sending her to school? She should get a job. Uh, so her parents were not thrilled about her not going to school regularly when they thought that she was supposed to be going to school regularly. Yeah. Uh, so they even turned to the, the family priest to help them out, and the priest recognized Tony's strength as a pitcher and encouraged her to try out for the Claver Catholic Church boys baseball team in what was Little League at the time. Um, and it was technically a church activity, so okay. Tony's parents allowed her to play. Okay. Oh, she got she got in. Yeah, she was the only girl on the team. Okay. Here was the problem with this team, specifically. Her coach had absolutely no interest in in nurturing and cultivating Tony's natural talent and skill. If that had happened to me, I probably would have just sat on the bench, right? But not Tony. Oh, yeah. It doesn't take much for me to quit things. Right. I, I mean, I tried to quit wrestling so many times. So many times. I think times. I've talked about it on this show, but I tried to quit, and my dad was like, McElroy's don't quit, which I think we've lost. That was just a lie. <laughs> Matt, I've quit so many jobs. McElroy's regularly quit things. My dad, that was a line. Of BS, Dad, if you're listening. <laughs> just say, I don't want to have to deal with you at home for those two hours where you're at practicing practice. <laughs> these two hours where I'm not dealing with you. We don't quit. Uh, but she practiced harder and taught herself the fundamentals of proper baseball by reading rule books. Uh, even joined a Wait, girls she got good team. at sports by reading books? Indeed. Unheard of. <laughs> she even joined a girls softball league at the time. So she was playing two in two leagues at the same time for two different sports. Um, so what she ended up doing was she started showing up to watch the baseball school run by Gabby Street, who was the manager for the St. Saint Paul Saints. That's a good, I mean, that's a clear name. I see where they got it from. Oh, well, yeah, sure. Um, he, it, it would be weird if it was the St. Paul Pauls. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gabby Street's baseball camp. So he managed the Saints and uh, that was St. Paul's minor league team. And he was also a former minor league player uh, before he became the director of this local baseball school for okay. boys. Um, and she would watch him constantly. She uh, Not constantly. You mean at the camp? At the camp. Not okay. like she wouldn't follow him around, honey. She watched him constantly. His every move. <laughs> Fine, but like... So so much is like she was just kind of like standing there because the, the camp was outside, right? It's yeah. a baseball diamond. So like just kind of standing there listening, never getting like a turn or whatever because she wasn't officially participating in the camp. But like enough so that he was like, go away. Yeah. And she was like, no. no. Uh, I'm and- your shadow now, Gabby. <laughs> I'm going to be where you go. I'm When you wake up, I'll be there. When you go to sleep, I'll be there. In your car, look at the back seat. It's me. <laughs> a little bit. She asked a total of like three times to his face. And there's a story about how um, he would chase her away, literally chase her away around the corner. And then she would come back later on that day and yeah. come to plague him once again. I love this. 
Um, and, you know, this was certainly annoying, but uh, Tony eventually got onto the field. Um, and he said that Gabby Street would recall that he had never seen anyone so naturally talented um, and was happy to get her on the field to have her show the boys up. There you go. Okay. Well, thanks for coming around, Gabby. Um, I do want to mention, though, this is all sounding very, you know, like like a well-intentioned PG movie, right? Sure. About a young girl breaking down the curmudgeonly coach to reveal that he had a heart of gold. He right. did not. No. Let's do a little tangent on Gabby Street. Um, she didn't know this when she joined his team, that, you know, not only was his program intentionally all boys, it was also intentionally all white. Okay. He belonged to the KKK. Oh, no! And has a well-documented history of racism throughout his entire career. Okay. Right. Um, That's bad. Well, and... I'm going to go... Hey, listen. Yes. I'm just going to say it. That's bad. That's bad. And this is not a redeeming quality for him accepting Tony because he was very capable of noticing her natural talent, right? He recognized the hunger and love of the sport. And, you know, this isn't like a momentary lapse in judgment. You can... Oh, so this is like he was... Uh, not in the context we normally use of like objectifying of like she's good at baseball i like that's it right i can use her right right exactly okay. uh you know liking one black person throughout your life doesn't make you not racist yes um so being not racist makes you not it, racist exactly yeah. exactly um but i mean she was 15 years old and being coached by an arguable legend yeah she was which is taking, awesome she was taking whatever opportunity she she could get right um so by the time she turned 16 she was regularly playing weekend games with the twin city colored giants which were a barnstorming team do you know what barnstorming means because i didn't not in the context of baseball well, I mean, remember how I talked about uh, the Harlem Globetrotters? Right. It's very similar to that. It means that it's like sports teams or even individual athletes that travel to various locations and stage exhibition matches. Right. Okay. So it's show-off teams. Got it. Exactly. Okay. And they would play in any place that they could, like barns, Got for it. example. Okay. I don't know how you play baseball in a barn. Probably outside the barn. Oh, not in the field, of, maybe, next to yeah, the barn? probably use the barn as a dugout. I don't know. We're going to find out more. But first, how about some promos for some other Max Fun shows? Um, hi, I'm looking for a movie. Oh, I got you. Uh, there's that new foreign film with the time travel. There's an amazing documentary about queer history on streaming. Have I told you about this classic where giant robots fight? Or there's that one that most critics hated, but I thought was actually pretty good. Ooh, I know. The one with the huge car chase, and then there's that scene where... <laughs> the, the car, car jumps, jumps over, over the submarine. submarine. Wow, who are you eclectic movie experts? Well, I'm Ify Wadiwe. I'm Drea Clark. And I'm Alonzo Duraldi. And together, we host the movie podcast, Maximum film new episodes every week on maximumfun.org and you actually just walked into our recording booth oh weird sorry i thought this was a video store you seem like a lady with a lot of problems well manolo we have a show to promote it's called back to game show it's a family-friendly podcast where listeners submit games and we play them with callers from around the world 
Oh, sounds good. New episodes uh, happen every other Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. It's a it's a fast and loose oasis of absurd innocence and naivete. And Are you writing a poem? No, I'm just saying things from my memory. And uh, it's a nice break from reality. <laughs> Is that, are we allowed to say that? I don't know. It sounds bad. It comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. It does not. (laughs) Come for the games and stay for the chaos. Okay. Now she's 16. She's barnstorming. She's brainstorming. She's brainstorming. What? What? No, really? That's when you eat a lot of bran. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's great for energy for running around those but bases. But short term, listen, if you no, need a lot bran. of bran. No, no but I'm saying. A, that's a complex carbohydrate. Yeah, but also a lot of fiber. What oh, I'm okay. saying is like, it's going to give you a short burst of energy and then you're going to be busy. <laughs> well, at 16, she was actually even getting paid for these games, nice. 2 or $3 a game, which is not a ton of money, I know, but also it's the 40s. And, you know, she's 16 and getting a few bucks to do something you love. Not bad. Sure. Um, And this is probably the only reason why her parents let her play, uh, because she was earning earning a little money at the time. How much is she getting paid? Two or three bucks a game. Okay. uh, Not great. The purchasing power of about $60 today. Not great. $60 a game. For a 16-year-old? I mean, listen, even then, if it's a three-hour game, $20, it doesn't seem like enough. I mean, listen, $20 an hour, that should be minimum wage at least. But you you understand what I'm saying. I understand what you're saying. a highly skilled, professional sports athlete making $60 a game. This is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, and so she dropped out of school. And in uh, 1943, she moved to San Francisco, where her sister also lived. Um, And she went with the express, you know, dream of becoming a baseball star. Absolutely. She was making making a living doing odd jobs at the time. Um, And this is when she officially changed her name to Tony Stone instead of Marcina which I mentioned was her birth name. Um, And she was spending a lot of time at Jack's Tavern in the neighborhood, which was the first black-owned nightclub in her neighborhood. Um, And she became friends with one of the owners, Alroyd, or Al Love. And she told Al all about her love of baseball, and it was him who hooked her up with the local American Legion baseball team. Okay, Um, And so this is a, a... a national network for amateur baseball teams for teenagers. There was a problem. She was no longer a teenager when she signed up. Oh. She was 27. Whoa. So she lied. Oh. She said she was 17. She played with them for about two years, um, and nobody seemed to mind. Yeah, she's very good. Yeah. Okay. I feel like this happens today, right? Don't Don't some of the, like... People lie. Yeah. I mean, people lie still <laughs> to this day. wasn't there a scandal with, like, baseball in the Olympics or something where people No, Am I making that Babe, up? We started this episode talking about how little you know. <laughs> and then you're like, there's a scandal. You know baseball on the Olympics? There's a scandal. <laughs> True story. At True some story. point, you mean in like the last 200 years? Probably. How long have the Olympics been going? I don't even know. Okay. You know what I know less about than baseball? <laughs> The Olympics. Why right. would you call me out like that in front of the audience? 
You don't even know what you're calling me out about. Do you know um, about this thing nope. I don't know about? Nope. Okay. Anyway. It is worth noting, just because like we touched on this, this is a thing of like that we still see issue with today, which is like valuing uh like these the sports skills and talent in people that we did not uh, see value in them as a person. Mm, you know what I mean? That we're talking about like the 1940s, right? And so it's like, oh yeah, she's really good at baseball, so we'll celebrate her for that. But I mean, we, we talked about this with Paul Williams, right? Right. Where it's like Paul Williams is like, oh man, yeah, we'd love to have you design this thing, but you're not allowed to eat by the side of the pool that like you helped design, yeah. right? That kind of thing is what we're seeing is this person who is amazingly talented and people love to have her on the baseball team but it's not like she was treated well outside of that. Absolutely. You know. um, by the spring of 1949, she had talked her way onto the roster of the San Francisco Sea Lions. This was um, a, a short-lived association, um, and it was inspired by owners of, like, Hal King and Harold Morris. And they expressly took her on because they knew that she would draw crowds. Mm. Not only did she draw crowds, but she also batted in two runs in her first time up. So Yeah, but once again, man, this is another thing that we see where it was like not necessarily for her talent mm-hmm. so much as they could say like, isn't this why it's a woman and she's black? Huh? Exactly. Wiles, come see. Yeah, not great. Not great. Um, but I'm so, glad she was able to use that to get opportunities, yeah, you know? But. To do what she wanted to do. Uh, then she, uh, interestingly, around that time for the Sea Lions, she discovered that she was paid much less than her male team la- yeah. teammates. Oh, what? Uh, and Can you so imagine? left. Good. I know, right? Uh, left to join the New Orleans Creoles and played with them from 1949 to 1952. Oh, Okay. This is when three years ain't nothing. Three yeah. seasons, yeah, yeah. And now we're going to. If I played to, three seasons of Major League Baseball, I'd never shut up about it. I me? I don't think we would be able to keep you here. No, there'd be no living with me. <laughs> Everything somebody would be like, "Hey, do you know how to change tire? Do I know how to change tire? I played three seasons of Major League Baseball. Do I know how to change tire? Hey, that didn't answer the question. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now. Um, in 1953, sorry, she signed on to the Indianapolis Clowns to play second base um, and agreed for a staggering 12000 a season, which, I mean... In 53, you say? In 1953, I love, seems like I a lot. I love figuring out inflation. Oh, yes. Although, oh. although this is the reported number, many historical figures uh, say that that is an untruth made for... Uh, publicity purposes. Oh, that they paid her less? Right. But it was reported that she got paid this much. If that was true, that would be about $126,000 a season. It's pretty good. Pretty good. And this is where I said, uh, so the clowns, similar to the uh, Harlem Globetrotters, so it was like clown-style entertainment while actually playing ball. So, um... You know, like like we said, like tricks and and sometimes kind of like farcical storylines yeah. that mm-hmm. would go along with it. But they were seriously playing ball. Um, and you know what it makes me think of a little bit? What? Like pro wrestling. Yeah. Where there's serious skill to it. It's a serious skill set. But also, we've built in some showy moves and uh, some characters and that kind of thing. 
Um, and having a woman on the team attracted more spectators, as they assumed. Um, and she played 50 games in her season with the Clowns, her batting average being point two four three. I don't know what that means. It sounds good. It means, okay, so if you think about it in percentage, uh-huh. right, if your batting average was 1.0, it means that every time you got up to bat, you got a hit. You have a hundred percent hit rate. Oh. So if hers was two, what, two, four, three? Yeah. That means roughly one quarter of the time she got up to bat, she got a hit. Hey. Yeah, which is pretty good. That's now, great. That also you, I could not do that. Yeah. We've already established. No, babe, hey babe. <laughs> you wouldn't even get close to that. No. Your batting average would be like point zero 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 one because one time a ball hit your elbow <laughs> and you got to go first. Um, but that, that, there's lots of things that don't include in your batting average. So like if you get walked and stuff like that, right? Okay. So you might still get on. So that's why you have, man, do I know about baseball? You have- I think- I mean, we've already established I know nothing about baseball. That's you why, probably know something. Well, so there's a difference between like your your batting average and your on base percentage. Because mm-hmm. on base percentage is just how many times you get on base. Oh, okay. Right. And batting average is how many times you get a hit. And they're not always the same number because of stuff's like walks and, and that kind of thing. Cool. We learn a little something. You won't remember it. it. No, we won't. No. I won't. But uh, it is fun for me when we switch roles a little bit on this show. It's fun for me, too. It happens so rarely. <laughs> and she was actually heavily uh, featured on a lot of their promotional materials. I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah. At the time, there was actually a, a regular baseball league for women, the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. I'm reminded of a league of their own. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to leave a window there for you to bring it. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but... They hid their racism, this uh, league did, behind uh-huh. very strict beauty standards oh. uh, because that was part of part of the game at the time. And so they were unofficially segregated. Sure. They didn't come out and just say only white people, white girls. But yeah. they hid it uh-huh. amongst their standards. Um, so Tony Stone wasn't allowed really to play with the other women in the sport. And she found a home as the first female uh, player in the Negro Leagues. Uh, but again, not welcomed with open arms. Her teammates taunted her endlessly, saying sexist things about going home and cooking sure. for her husband sure. or you know, knitting and home cooking and things like that. And I would also imagine probably way worse stuff. Probably way that worse. That we don't need to talk about here, but like, Matt, we're talking about a 50s? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, Bunny Downs, who was the manager of the clowns. I say the 50s. Probably happened now. Probably would. You would probably hear terrible stuff in a locker room if there was like one woman on a baseball team. Well, uh, she wasn't even allowed in her own locker room, by the way. She had to change in the umpire's locker room. Okay. I mean, most of the time. Sometimes she wasn't even allowed in there. Mm. Speaking of a league of their own, she was asked to play in a skirt or at least shorts, and she refused. Yeah, good. Um, And uh, when asked about this time in her life, she would simply say, it was hell. Boy. That's the thing, right? So much of, like, the uh, Tony Stone's, like, love of sport, like, her whole career seems to be just driven by this, this 
just uh, being consumed by the love of it. Well, she would put have up to with be, all right? of this. I mean, that's what I think about just like how, once again, we don't curse on this show, but imagine I'm cursing right now. Upped it is that mm-hmm. like she wasn't taken seriously by men's teams, but she was able to play for them. Right. And she wasn't able to play for the women's teams where she would have been taken seriously because of racism. So you had like misogyny mm-hmm. hating her on the one side and racism getting her on the other. And meanwhile, she put up with all of it because she just wanted to play that badly. And like that is, it's messed up and also incredibly inspiring, mm-hmm. right? Because like you have to think and you, what you want to see, you mentioned like a feel good, like movie underdog story. You exactly. want to see that point where it's just like, and then everyone realized that she had the talent and they respected her. It's like, no, listen, it sounds like they were happy to use that talent to sell tickets and like everything. But that didn't mean that people were like, you know what? You're all right, Stone. Like it seemed like people were still terrible to her off the field. Absolutely. And she was used to sell tickets. And it seems like she probably knew that. Mm-hmm. But it still gave her a chance to do the thing she wanted to do. So 1954 was her last season. She played for the Kansas City Monarchs. And, I mean, she retired from baseball because of a lack of playing time. Yeah. They just weren't playing her enough. And if you're doing it to do the thing you love. And you don't get to do the thing right. you love. Why put up with it? Right. Right. Uh, and after that, she retired to Oakland, California, um, to take care of her her sick husband. So I I didn't mention this before because we were really on her career track. But back, who cares about a husband? Back when she was living in the Bay Area, um, she met her husband at Jack's Tavern. Um, she met Captain Aurelius Pescia Alberga, a native of Oakland and a World War One veteran as well. They were married in 1950, and he lived in San Francisco holding down the fort while she pursued her baseball career across the country. Um, And they remained married until he passed away in the 80s. He was 103 at the time of his death and still very much in love with Tony. Uh, She would not remarry, and she passed away uh, November 2nd, 1996 in Alameda. She was 75, so... There, there was a bit of an age difference. There is uh, the 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 repeated, oft repeated refrain of any kind of biography of a person I have not heard of is by the end of it, I'm so deeply inspired by them and humbled by them, and this is no exception, right? Because like I think about if I met any kind of resistance, even like five percent of what Tony Stone encountered in trying to do this, I'd be like, I can find a new passion. Thank Mm. you very much. And like, this is so incredible to me, the resilience, the dedication, um, the focus. It's amazing. It's incredible. She wasn't really like celebrated during her time on earth, but uh, in 1993, She was inducted to the Women's Sports Hall of Fame as well as the International Women's Sports Hall of Fame. And a few years earlier, her hometown of St. Paul, I mean, where she spent most of her time in St. Paul. I know she was born in West Virginia. Thank you, yes. uh, Dedicated uh, March 6th to be Tony Stone Day. Okay. Uh, And the city also has a baseball field named in her honor. Oh, that's great. More celebration, though, please. More celebration. Please. 
And then, like I said, um, so the Google Doodle that inspired this episode was created by San Francisco illustrator Monique Ray. Um, And, you know, she's had plays and books and podcasts written about Tony. Uh, And, you know, we hope that y'all go out and seek more information about people like her. Um, Monique Ray, the artist behind her Google Doodle, summed it up perfectly when she was asked how she felt about the launch of her work, uh, the Tony Stone-inspired artwork. Appreciation, Ray said, for being a little girl who wants to make art for a living and growing up and doing that in such a large way and being commissioned to do something like this on such a large platform, that's meaningful. And it speaks about who Tony Stone is. It feels full circle for sure. Indeed. Thank you, honey. Thank you to Alex, our researcher. Thank you to Tony Stone. Dang it. Thank you to Alex, our researcher, without whom we would not be able to make the show. Thank you to Rachel, our editor, without whom we would not be able to make this show. A uh, couple of announcements. Okay. Big announcements. Uh, if you haven't yet, go get your tickets for the 20 Rendezvous Fancy Takes Flight Tour. Uh, if you don't know, every year my brothers and I come up with a year theme slash nickname, and this year was 20 Rendezvous Fancy Takes Flight. We're doing some more live shows. We're doing it. Going on tour. Uh, so go check those out. See where we're stopping. Go to bit.ly slash McElroy Tours for ticket link and info. Mask and proof of full vaccination or negative COVID test within 72 hours of event start is required. Um, thank you to everybody who joined us Saturday for the virtual My Brother, My Brother and Me. And video on demand is still available for $10 if you go to bit.ly slash MBMBAM virtual. I'm so proud of you guys. I did a little screenshot of your Twitter trending. You were seven. Thank you. Thank you, baby. In the United States. Uh, Also, this Sunday, I am hosting a virtual live show. Uh, Here in Cincinnati, I started doing uh, semi-regular shows called the Cincinnati Underground Society Show, or CUS. Uh, And this Sunday, the 6th, at 9 p.m. Eastern time, we're doing a virtual live show, and the benefits of ticket sales are going to Bethany House, uh, which is an organization that helps uh, at-risk families or families that are experiencing homelessness, as well as going to stock Cincinnati and uh, Newport, Kentucky free fridges with uh, masks and COVID tests. You can get those tickets at Cincy Ticket. That's C-I-N-C-Y Ticket dot com slash cuss cares uh we're gonna have six incredible guests uh and if you go look on my twitter i may have let slip who they were oh no what was a complete accident but it's gonna be really really great it's gonna be super fun uh 9 p.m this sunday tickets one more time at sensyticket.com slash cuss cares enjoy a great show tickets are only eight dollars uh, and it's going to be full of amazing guests, and you're going to love it. Uh, my dad has written a children's book called Goldie's Guide to Grandchilding, and it comes out May 10th. Uh, it was slightly delayed due to uh, supply chain issues, but it will be coming out May 10th. That's my birthday. Yep. And you can pre-order at uh, Linktree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Goldie's Guide, and that's Goldie's with an I-E-S. And go check out all the new merch. We've got new merch out now, uh, including Mystery Pin of the Month. Going to get a pin of the month. It'll be random from the past. What's it going to be? Who knows? But I do know this. It benefits the National Asian Pacific American Women's Forum. So go check that out. Also, the Candle Nights 2021 special video on demand is uh, available now at at that store, at our merch store. Uh, You pay what you want, and all proceeds are going to Harmony House in Huntington, West Virginia. Go check all that out at McElroyMerch.com. 
Woo, take a break, honey. We'd Thanks. like to thank Brent, Brentle Floss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art, at SchmannersCast. Thank you to Bruja Betty Pinna Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group today. Also, we are always taking submissions. You can email us, SchmannersCast at gmail.com. Alex reads every single one of those emails, so submit your topic suggestions. And we love those idioms keep them coming and that's going to do it for us so join us again next week no rsvp required you've been listening to schmanners manner schmanners get it MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.